came to my relief that the gentleman might be what is popularly called a rapper, one of a sect for, some of, whom I have the highest respect, but whom I don't believe in. I was going to ask him the question when he took the bread out of my mouth. You will excuse me, said the gentleman contemptuously, if I am too much in advance of common humanity to trouble myself at all about it. I have passed the night, as indeed I pass the whole of my time now, in spiritual intercourse. Oh, said I, somewhat snappishly. The conferences of the night began, continued the gentleman, turning several leaves of his notebook, with this message, evil communications corrupt good manners. Sound, said I, but absolutely new? New from spirits, returned the gentleman. I can only repeat my rather snappish O oh, and ask if I might be favored with the last communication. A bird in the hand, said the gentleman, reading his last entry with great solemnity, is worth two in the Bosch. Truly. I am of the same opinion, said I, but shouldn't it be Bush? It came to me, Bosch, returned the gentleman. The gentleman then informed me that the spirit of Socrates had delivered this special revelation in the course of the night. My friend, I hope you are pretty well. There are two in this railway carriage. How do you do? There are 17,479 spirits here, but you cannot see them. Pythagoras is here. He is not at liberty to mention it, but hopes you like traveling. Galileo, likewise, had dropped in with this scientific intelligence. I am glad to see you, amico cum sta. Water will freeze when it is cold enough. Adio. In the course of the night, also, the following phenomena had occurred. Bishop Butler insisted on spelling his name, Bubbler, for which offense against orthography and good manners he had dismissed as out of temper. John Milton, suspected of willful mystification, had repudiated the authorship of Paradise Lost and had introduced as joint authors of that poem two unknown gentlemen, respectively named Grungers and Scanningtone. And Prince Arthur, nephew of King John of England, had described himself as tolerably comfortable in the seventh circle, where he was learning to paint on velvet under the direction of Mrs. Trimmer and Mary Queen of Scots. If this should meet the eye of the gentleman who favored me with these disclosures, I trust he will excuse my confessing that the sight of the rising sun and the contemplation of the magnificent order of the vast universe made me impatient of them. In a word, I was so impatient of them that I was mightily glad to get out at the next station and to exchange these clouds and vapors for the free air of heaven. By that time, it was a beautiful morning, as I walked away among such leaves as had already fallen from the golden brown and rusted trees, and as I looked around me on the wonders of creation, and thought of the steady, unchanging, and harmonious laws by which they are sustained, the gentleman's spiritual intercourse seemed to me as a poor piece of journey work as ever this world saw. In which heathen state of mind, I came within view of the house and stopped to examine it attentively. It was a solitary house, standing in a sadly neglected garden, a pretty even square of some two acres. It was a house of about the time of George II, as stiff, as cold, as formal, and in as bad taste 
as could possibly be desired by the most loyal admirer of the whole quartet of George's. It was uninhabited, but had, within a year or two, been cheaply repaired to render it habitable. I say cheaply because the work had been done in a surface manner and was already decaying as to paint and plaster, though the colors were fresh. A lopsided board drooped over the garden wall, announcing that it was to let, on very reasonable terms, well furnished. It was much too closely and heavily shadowed by trees, and in particular there were six tall poplars before the front windows, which were excessively melancholy, and the sight of which had been extremely ill-chosen. It was easy to see that this was an avoided house, a house that was shunned by the village, to which my eye was guided by a church spire some half a mile off, a house that nobody would take, and the natural inference was that it had a reputation of being a home.